What is going on, fellow chatters? Today on the show, I get a chance to chat with Sass Jordan. We chat about Sass's reflections on the 30th anniversary of Tell Somebody, who are some of her favorite collaborations, and how Simon Fuller became her tenant. The coffee that is along for the ride today is the salted caramel mocha from Starbucks. And now, here is Sass Jordan. Joining me for a chat today is Canada's queen of rock, Sass Jordan. How are things today, Sass? Things are fantastic. Just ramping up to the uh, to the biggest holiday of the year, and also my birthday. Come to think of it, Ooh. is that I know. <laughs> Holy crap! Always ar- around the holidays, it's just it is probably tough. I know my daughter's the thirty first, so you know. Oh, that's yeah, that kind that sucks. I mean, <laughs> actually, well, New Year's Eve. I guess it. I guess it could be worse. It could be New Year's Day. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of friends who are Christmas Eve, and so <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh wait, it's your birthday. Oh well. Yeah, that's me. I'm the twenty third. Oh no. <laughs> hey, at least you get a little bit of space. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, um, you have worked with a number of great artists throughout the years. What are some things that you've taken away from these collaborations? Well, you know, I, I like the first thing that comes to mind as far as takeaway take would be um, doing that song with uh, Joe Cocker because I, his phrasing as a singer is so, so incredibly skillful. And I don't even, I mean, it was just the way he sang, you know, it's not, I don't, I doubt he learned anything. Like he didn't go to a school and learn it, that's for sure. But it's it. So I think phrasing stuff like that. Uh, let's see, other people. Let's see who else have I worked with that I that you can remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Thank you for saying that, Jason. Because it's like I'm I'm going. Uh, 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 who, who the heck? Am I? Just just getting to work with some of the people that I consider to be, you know, the top of their game, like they're just incredible musicians, songwriters, etc. And not necessarily people that you would have heard of necessarily, unless you were really into like music and being a musician and stuff like that. For example, um, the late great bass player, Bob Babbitt, he, who was, um, you know, part of the whole Motown thing after James Jameson, he did all of, a lot of the bass playing, or all of it, I don't even know, but like, it uh, just, just, it's also a lot of the time, it's fantastic stories, you know? Yeah. Working with Mike Garson, that was incredible. Mike Garson was a, a keyboard player that played with Bowie since the 70s, um, doing a show with him. Uh, I, it, like, it, the list could go on and on and on. <laughs> also, I mean, it's just, also being around people that you grew up admiring and listening to and then having them, you know, talking to you as if you're, uh, you know, on their level, which I guess you are because music is music. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it, when you're a fan and somebody that you've been, that you love from afar is, is now somebody you're actually working with. That's, that that's, for the first 10 minutes, it's pretty freaky. <laughs> now, I guess, like, with you, it's more of being adaptable to the different ways that they play and sort of fitting in with them. 
or do they try and fit in with you? Uh, that you know what that it really depends on on the situation, but fitting in, I, I, I you don't actually think about it like that when you're doing stuff. You just do what you do, you know. I don't fitting in. Let's see. I don't think you. I think that's what makes it so amazing is that you just doing what you do and they do what they do. And then you end up with this sort of hybrid of the two, and it's it's pretty fascinating, you know. Yeah, and this year is the thirtieth anniversary of Tell Somebody. What do you remember recording it? Jeez, thirty years. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see. <laughs> Was I alive thirty years ago? <laughs> oh, yeah. But but the reality is. This is not the same world, and it never will be. You know, it's always going to be a different world in 30 years. doesn't matter, you know, which side of it you're on. Um, what I remember about that record is the intense excitement of having found somebody I could write songs with that I was comfortable writing songs with, who was brilliant, Bill Baudoin, and also walking to his house from my house every single day and then walking home every single day in the middle of this deep, nasty Montreal winter, you know, 20 below kind of thing uh, and crazy snow. And it would be about a two hour walk both ways. So two hours, so four hours a day I was walking just to get to the, to get to, you know, to be able to make the, music. So no, so, no, so no Uber? No Uber, baby. <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> but I guess that would no. give you the I guess that would give you the time to sort of really sort of think about what you're going to be doing and then coming home sort of what you recorded I guess that day. so. Not to mention we there was no such thing as, you know, cell phones. <laughs> you didn't have like a mini computer with you everywhere you went either. So you didn't have the same kind of distraction that is rampant in in our experience now. You know, like it's just such a different space. It's so hard to focus now, like relative to then. You know, I guess with with, with as a musician, you just gotta gotta throw your phone out and just concentrate on on what you want to do. You really do. I mean, like that—that's the—that uh, is the ideal scenario. But as you may notice, like it—it's—it becomes an extension of your arm, and you're constantly checking the dang thing. You know, it's like you really have to get rid of it if you want to, you know, focus properly for sure. I think you. I mean, for anything, really. Mm-hmm. Now, you know? yeah, well, of course, and and now, like today, today's world uh, as a musician. Um, the, I guess the biggest difference is, is being able just to release uh, uh, songs or singles as you make them. Yeah, uh, whatever you to, want, whenever you want. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. It's it's like, oh, God. There's absolutely nothing that is the same now as it was when I started in the 80s. Actually, the 70s. Should we, like, when I started making music and playing in bands and recording. It was the seventies. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And I guess with, with that, you, you, with your, 
your Racine revisited, you kind of took a step back and wanted sort of that kind of tone, right? Absolutely, yeah. No, I just wanted to do something differently so that I wasn't too bored. Because, I mean, do, you know, re- looking at doing the same stuff you've been doing for years and years and years, that can get very, you know, dull. Not that I did every song from that record in my live set anyway, but going, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to re-record it as if we were making it in the 70s instead of re-recording it as if we were, like, you know, updating it to be more now, more hip, more wow. Now, <laughs> you know, did that give <laughs> did that give your producer a little bit of a challenge trying to, to get that sound? No, because we pretty much knew what, how to do that. I mean, like, obviously, it's never going to be exactly yeah. the same, but... No, we, we have a, you know, it's, a, it, it's the type of gear that you're using. It's the approach that you use. It's all those things. And because, you know, the, the, the Derek produced it, my husband, Derek Sharp, who's a musician as well. So he produced it where, and, and our pal Brent Fitz, he, who played drums, he had a lot to do with it as well. Like we just, we all sort of came up in that era, so we we know it. You know what I mean? Like, we do mm-hmm. know it. Well, it must have been kind of fun just sort of get away from the sort of digital uh, aspect. Oh, my of, God, of... yes. <laughs> yes, because it mainly, to me, I'm not really a gearhead. I don't really know much about it. I mean, I've picked up some of the, you know, some knowledge about uh, over the thousand years I've been doing this, but what really matters to me is the energy and attitude and, uh, and the camaraderie, you know, of the group of us together, the group of us that made that record. We did it all together at the same time in the same room, you know, instead of overdubbing this and overdubbing that, we just bloody did it together. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was an amazing experience, a lot of fun and something I'm, I, I wouldn't repeat. I would repeat anytime I had the opportunity. A lot of the time you don't have that kind of opportunity because it's, you know, to get all those people together at the same time in the same air, in the same place costs a lot of money, you know, Mm -hmm. and also usually you're getting people from, you know, who all have other career, their careers going on that are doing what they're doing, you know, so it's, a, it's always a challenge. It's doable, but it's a challenge, you know. Now, are you good, are you working on any new material? I sure am. I got a new record that I'm working on. It's called Big Noise. <laughs> Big Noise. <laughs> because basically, if you ask me, that's what this world has turned into, just one big noise. <laughs> And you're just trying to find that path out of it. <laughs> well, no. It, well, is it uh, find a path, path out of it? No, I'm just doing the observation of it. And, you know, it's like you've got to make a big noise if you want to be noticed, you know, mm-hmm. in, this, in, this, in this incredible, massive information age. It's like, whoa, it's, it's, it's intense. But it sure is fun. Life is fun. Are you, you going to stick to your sort of recording process? Or are you trying anything new? I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do it yet. I'm not positive 100. percent But well, you know, I'll let you know when I do. 
Well, it'd be great to have you on when 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 you got the album out. Oh yeah, because uh, it'd be great to talk to you about awesome. the process of of getting into the studio and recording it. Yeah. Now we'll make a big noise <laughs> with all the big toys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> no worries. Now, what sort of tips or advice would you give someone starting out on their musical journey? Um, I don't really think you can do such a thing uh, because it's it's so unique to the individual. I think that anything I would say as advice is pretty much a platitude, and you've heard it a billion times before. And there's a reason for that, which is because you cannot give advice like a general advice to anybody because nobody's the same, you know, mm-hmm. and the landscape is so, so different. I think I need advice. <laughs> <laughs> and also I have no idea because I'm not starting out now. I started out in the seventies. So, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, it's not, it's not relevant to me at all. I, I have no idea. Although you're always kind of starting out in this day and age, if you ask me, you know, it's always, it's always something like you can't just throw something out there and ignore it. You know, you've always got to be on it. So, yes. And you got to say, stay relevant, but also keep to who you really are. Yeah. And you know what? I just thought of something. Here's, here's what I would say. I would say, whatever you do, if you feel deep down that, that you're doing the right thing, then you are, regardless of all the no's and you can't do that and it doesn't work that way and that's never going to happen, that you get. You know, because in the end, I have discovered that the biggest successes are always the people that ignored the naysayers. Do you understand the thing? Like... And then all of a sudden, all the people said no are like, well, you got to do it the way that guy did it, you know, like, and that guy didn't listen to you assholes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, that's the key. It's like, it's, it's you're just going to have to do what you want to do. I think there's a lot of people out there who are doing that now. Either it'll work or it doesn't. But if you're going to be listening to how, you know, other people have done it or, or, you know, paying an enormous amount of attention to what, you know, the way you do things, you're making a mistake. You decide how you do things. Everybody else learns from you. Yeah, you be you. That's it. But you can also draw from experiences and other people. Yeah, I would be careful with that, though, because... That puts you into a box. It puts you into a set of rules, and it puts you into an into somebody else's reality. You just have to do it how you see fit. And by the way, if that is, I should follow what so and so did for like this little part of the journey. That's fine if that feels right to you. You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Now we're going to take a little bit of step back into into memory lane, and you were a judge on Canadian Idol. Yeah, and um, I had Jake Gold on my show uh, uh, a couple of months ago. Oh, and I'm kind of, Jake. <laughs> so, so I'm going to ask you kind of a similar question to what I asked him, and that mm-hmm. is, do you think that the show would work in today's environment? 
Well, my answer would be no, because it's already done. You know, do you mean like as a brand new yeah, like idea? Just, yeah, a brand new idea. I can't imagine it being a brand new idea, though. Like, I just can't because there's just so much, so many shows like that, you know, mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, like, if there were no shows like that, I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> I, I can't imagine why. If nobody had ever seen anything like that before, I'm pretty sure it would work again. Mm-hmm. Not again. Yes. <laughs> I mean, new. <laughs> I would imagine so, but it's just such a an old, tired, you know, uh, blueprint at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I like that. Uh, what's that? There's a show called The Voice. Yes. Yeah. Be perfectly honest with you, I've never seen it, but I've seen click, like little snips of it. So, and that looks like that would be fun, you know. Then there's the, then there's a whole bunch of shows in the UK, which is actually where Pop Idol originated. Mm-hmm. With the guy that used to live in my basement invented it, Simon Fuller, when he was penniless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally serious, which is like that's so crazy. He used to live in our, my, me and my roommate, he used, Simon used to live in our basement, Simon Fuller, not Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell was Simon Fuller's business partner. But uh, Simon Fuller is like, became like one of the world's biggest managers. Like he manage, manages uh, 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 Victoria and David Beckham and, and uh, oh my God, are you seriously going to tell me I can't think of her name? Oh, she's one of the best singers ever. Uh, my God, I can't think of her name. Anyways, British. That narrows it down. <laughs> no. Anyways, huge, huge, uh, huge. Lot t- like he's so uber successful at this point. It's like ridiculous. But he was penniless when he lived in our basement and he was 18. Wow. That is uh-huh. very interesting. That is not how I got the job being judged <laughs> on that show, though. No. He had no idea. And actually, I vaguely knew, but it's you know, it's a, it was a franchise, yeah, show, right, yeah, so, yeah, crazy stuff. Now, at the end of the chat, uh, I have my guests. I have I have a segment called Fast Five, so it's five questions. F- sort of first thing that pops out of your head, sort of <laughs> let me know. I'm not very good at these, <laughs> Jason. Okay, go for it, baby. Okay, I, so- I usually suck at this. What artist would you like to share the stage with that you haven't yet? Oh, my God. There's a hundred of them. Okay, let's start with um, um, Anderson Pack, D'Angelo, uh, LP, um, and do you want me to keep going or no? Uh, if you want. No, I'm going to stop okay. <laughs> Now, when you want to kick back, uh, what? Thundercat. <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. Thundercat. I had to say that. Okay. Uh, when I kick back, so yeah. So you kick back. What album do you put on that just you want to listen to? Well, I actually do like a, more like a playlist, generally speaking. But those artists that I just mentioned, I'm like on a big kick of them too right now. So that would be like, like Anderson Pack. Malibu or Venice. I love those records so much. Anything by D'Angelo, but I really love, oh my God, I love everything he did. Everything he's done. I like, 
uh, if I'm kicking back, I like music that isn't going to, um, like, uh, railroad me. You know, I want something sort of like groovy, but more peaceful. I was just listening to David Pramal, um, Sonic, Sonic remixes too. I love that stuff. Poutine or pizza? (laughs) Say that again? Poutine or pizza? Pizza, definitely. Uh, favorite beer or alcoholic drink? Uh, I'm trying to figure one I don't like, <laughs> but I'm going to go with Kick-Ass Sass, which is the wine that I just collaborated with Vineland Estates in Niagara for. Hmm. I love that, yeah. So a little plug there. What? I said a little plug there. No, it's a bloody large one, buddy. <laughs> I don't do little plugs. <laughs> Last one. Favorite place to pick up a shot of Java? Okay. Um, shoot, I can't remember the damn name of it. Uh, there's like there's so many fabulous little. You know what? I'm on the road a lot, and the only place I can get something that I can drink. Truly, sadly, is Starbucks on the road because you just there's like you know when you're in airports and stuff like that. That's um, all there is, and kind of well, no, there's other there's like Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> or Tim Hortons. I don't like any of that. I like I like you know real espresso mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, yeah, perfect. Now, where can people find you on the internet?s uh, just type my name in. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure you'll find something. Uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, SashJordan.com, and that's all that I know of. So just Sash Jordan anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> there's, luckily, there's not many of them now just before i I let you go you've got a a crowdfunding uh venture that you're 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 pledge music yeah pledge music yeah anyways it has been a great pleasure uh chatting with you uh going back in a little bit of history (laughs) yeah her story yeah baby yes (laughs) this has been fun thanks very much sass Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for taking the time today, Jason. And I'll talk to you again one of these days. You know that's going to happen, baby. I would like to thank Sass Jordan for chatting with me. And thanks to you for tuning in. And you can contact me on Twitter, at Jason Perrier. That's at Jason, P-E-R-R-I-E-R. And use the hashtag, Chance to Chat With, if there's someone who you want me to chat with. Until we chat again, I'm out.